0: Well, it was as ugly as it could have got. South Carolina falls to Missouri tonight, ending their four-game losing streak. And in the process, there's going to be a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of questions that people want to have answered, and hopefully we can be able to do that tonight on the post-game Show. Welcome in, everybody. On this Saturday night, I wish the circumstances were a little bit better, but the bottom line is the Gamecocks fall to Missouri tonight. And they uh, fall now to 5-3 and three on the year. Former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth will be joining me shortly. Uh, we are having some issues with the phones tonight. Intern Joe is not with us this evening. I'm going to do my best to be able to get those going so that you guys can call in. But in the meantime, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can submit a comment, and we have plenty of them already. We're going to do our best to show everything and be able to answer any questions that you guys have. As well, again, Perry Orth will be hopping on with us momentarily. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions about the offense. I'm sure there's a lot of questions about just the preparation as to why South Carolina looked just as flat as they did. Now, look, and I said this during the game: the defense did a good job in the second half. All right, I understand they looked like they looked like garbage in the first half. Let's just put it as blatant as possible: bo- they looked awful in the first half, but they did everything that you could have asked for after having such a slow start defensively to give you an opportunity to still be in this game. The bottom line is the offense just struggled. And not having Marshawn Lloyd out there, you could just see the difference. Um, I'm not saying that if Lloyd was 100% healthy tonight, that would have made the difference tonight. And regardless, if Lloyd was healthy or not, the offense shouldn't just rely on one player. I'm sorry. The offense shouldn't rely on one player. And that's what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And fortunately for South Carolina, what we've also seen, we've seen special teams. We've seen defense step up and they've bailed out the offense at times, or they've put them in a good field position to be able to capitalize, whether it be in field goals, whether it be some touchdowns, whether it be scoring on special teams or defense, like we saw last week with the kickoff return, that wasn't the case tonight. And again, it's not trying to excuse the defensive performance in the first half by any means, but there's going to be nights where your defense is just not going to have the best night or at least just not the best half, and that was the case tonight. What needs to happen? Well, you need to play complimentary football, and the offense just they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to pick up the defense. Again, defense and special teams, we've seen this over the course of the year. We've seen this during that four-game winning streak where the offense just was not clicking, they weren't able to get things going, maybe in, in, in a manner in which it was just, you know, consistency was there. And the defensive special teams, because of the way they played, it put USC in a good position to be able to win some of those games. That wasn't the case tonight. That wasn't the case tonight. You can't always fall back on the defense and special teams to pick you up, because like we saw tonight, you're not going to be able to go too far. Uh, And especially in league play. Joining us right now is former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth. Perry, just talking about it momentarily before you just joined us. Look, there's a lot to talk about the offense. We will get into it. Um, The defense, they had a, a rough start in the first half. They did everything they could to give you an opportunity to win this game. The way they performed in the second half, I mean, shoot, six points allowed. Uh, obviously that missed field goal earlier, that was a sudden change situation, but 50 yard field goal, you gave up. They did everything they could. Now, granted of course, Okay. Some of those third down situations you would have liked to have been able to get off the field and they didn't, but they made corrections at halftime offensively we were just waiting. We were waiting. Maybe that touchdown at the end, right? The 2 for 1 special. You score right before the half, you get the ball to start the second half. Maybe this is where the momentum will start to swing in USC's favor. It just didn't. And after that touchdown, it seems like from any rhythm standpoint, any type of momentum standpoint, it just never swayed in USC's favor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we um you know, we struggled all day offensively. You know, even on our touchdown drive was Penalty ridden. Um, I don't really, I don't entirely agree just being a football fan. With some of the calls the refs made and they were on our behalf. Um, some of the pass interference calls I thought were ticky tack. Um, you know, it was uh, a, a disappointing game, especially the way we've played the last couple of weeks. But, you know, um, you got to get back to the drawing board. Unfortunately, um, you know, they're a good team. They're, they're, they're starting to come on strong. And, uh, you know, they played Florida tough. Um, They beat Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago, kind of starting to turn the corner as a team. Um, Just didn't look like offensively our guys were in it. Offensive line was just beat uh, all day. Uh, We had no – could not block in the run game, got pass happy uh, there towards the end. And uh, we couldn't pass protect. And I I don't care how good your skill players are. Um, When you can't block, you can't move football. Uh, Defense played well. You know, it you know uh, this week we weren't spotted 17 points and uh, you know when that, when that when when that doesn't happen um, it, uh, it can be uh, a tough tough deal so
0: and, and the ironic part about everything too is you know we had Mike Matulis on earlier this week for mixing a Water Monday and we were talking about just the way the offensive line has grown this year. I mean, you look yeah. at the first two games of the season, I think they gave up nine sacks. Even in that Georgia game after that, they were able to really get things going from a blocking standpoint. They were able to get a good push up front, which we've seen yeah. obviously in the run game and how that's just evolved after the first three games of the year. That's been one yep. of the strong points. And I know there's yeah. going to be some people that will say, well, they'll say well, okay, the competition, the competition, they went up against A&M and Kentucky. Okay. The bottom yes. line is tonight they just got it handed to them. And yep. it was disappointing to see. Because all week, Perry, I had talked about how stingy, I think that's the word I kept using over and over, how stingy yeah. this Missouri defense was going to be. They were a team that ranks practically in, in the top 40 for a lot of statistical categories for defense. And yeah. we saw that tonight. We saw there's a reason why. And as you mentioned before, some of those losses they had this season, their record is very misleading very misleading yes. they've lost three games by seven points or less we saw what happened in that overtime game I believe it was against Auburn I could be wrong there Auburn and they the guy yeah. gave the game away literally by being a little too premature at the celebration they would yep. have won that game so yeah um, I mean look I know a lot of people are going to want to talk about the offense I I don't know if there's anywhere in particular you want to start tonight um, If you do want to talk about the O, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Um, yeah,
1: no, I mean, I think, you know, I'll, I'll just cut you off here and just tell you point blank. I mean, <laughs> it all starts up front, Mike. And when you can't run block at all um, and then you're forced into becoming one dimensional um, and you don't pass check very well. It's going to be difficult, and I think that's why you saw a lot of quick throws and screens again. And uh, Missouri just had a, they just had a phenomenal plan. I, I uh, you know, I went to the game for the first half, and then we ended up coming back home to watch the second half. And um, there were a couple third downs where Missouri they you could just tell they had schemed up specific pressures to put our protection in um, in a very Uh, vulnerable situation and uh, we didn't have an answer for it. We couldn't get the ball out um, on third and plus six where you can't really throw those quick, quick screens. Um, But man, I'll tell you, looking at, uh, looking at coach Beamer's body language um, on the sideline after the game, he just looked um, obviously very frustrated. Um, You look at the way the defense played, Special teams, I mean, there were no huge plays, special teams. I think everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. Defensively, probably could have done a few better things here and there, but, you know, you give up 23 points, and uh, you really should should be in it getting the ball back late with a chance to win. And, um, you know, we just uh, we just couldn't get out of our own way today offensively.
0: And I think – look, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the game, and I know it's a long game, right? And that's why there's some people, yep. when I when I have given praise tonight to the defense, they're like, well, first half, first half. No one's saying that the first half didn't happen. Yeah. But what are they supposed to do, right? Down what? It was the game, 17 points in the first half. What are they supposed to do? Get their ball and go home? I mean, they did yep. everything that they needed to to put you in a situation to be able to, to compete in this game in the second half. That doesn't yep. excuse – the poor performance in the first half that doesn't excuse the struggles on the perimeter, which reminded me of the first couple of weeks, something that we talked about a lot, which was struggling to get off the blocks on the outside, looking like it's Friday night at the prom and you, and you dancing out there with the receivers that happened earlier in the game. They made adjustments. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, there's a bunch of questions too that I want to get to, because I know there's some people again, um, we're having some issues with the phones tonight. Intern Joe is yeah. not with us, so I'm going to try to do my best to be able to get that going. But I don't That's want it. to slow the show down. So, you know, if you want to submit yeah. something in, submit something in. Uh, I promise you this has nothing to do with the fact win or lose. I mean, you could talk to Perry. We just weren't sure if we were going to have the phones tonight. It has nothing to do with yeah, the fact no. they lost, but I'm hoping to get that up. Um, yeah. Perry, offensive, offensively, though, and this is what I was saying at the beginning tonight, I liked that first series. I liked what they were doing. I liked the run to, to Lloyd. Yep. Little play-action pass rollout, getting it to Stogner, and then another run. And then obviously had another one to uh, Juju. And that's when things kind of slow down a little bit, right? You're behind the sticks now. Third down. Things don't go well. So I liked being able to run the ball in the tight ends. And then Missouri goes down and scores it seemed like at that point that's where everything changed now you understand this and i the reason why i'm trying to set this all up perry is because i know there's a lot of people that are are listening have not been yeah. fans of the scripted plays okay and i'm bringing that up because that wasn't the issue early on uh the scripted plays what what just happens at that point i mean you you you're doing good things is it more so you know, that second yeah. series, you know, what, what, yeah, what so I'll tell you, when
1: you script plays like that really why you, why, why you script them is to get into a function and a flow of the game, get a feel for how the defense is going to play to some of the formations that you're seeing. And then you should open it up and get into a flow and, uh, and, and then into a rhythm of, of the game. Um, you know, I, I've already said it, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But you know, we can point the blame at the play calling. You can point the blame at whatever you want, but we got whipped up front today. That that was just the big thing that that I saw um, was the glaring, um, obvious thing, and the the, the 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 issue that that just continued to make itself known. Looking here at the stats, 32 rush yards. Um, mm. That ain't gonna cut it, brother. Um, Marshawn Lloyd, seven carries for 30 yards. No reason in the world Marshawn Lloyd should have had seven carries. So, you know, um, you know, that that's an easy point at he the
0: bang- Perry. I will I will say this. He was banged. I don't know if you had a chance to see it from the stands. He was banged up. He was yeah. limited a little in practice this week. Yep. And, you know, I, I just bring that up because I think it just goes back to kind of some of the things we've talked about, which is you can't <laughs> Your offense just can't revolve, revolve around one person because when it yeah. does, look what happens tonight when he's not 100%. And you said 32 yards. That's pretty much what they had at halftime. They weren't able to do anything rushing in the second half. And obviously a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, two things. One, they're playing from behind, which if you're a running team and you yeah. play from behind, it changes everything. We go west for the right. 49ers last week against the Chiefs. But yeah. again, with Floyd being hurt and just banged up, you saw the impact with him not being on the field to make an impact.
1: Yeah, um, he's obviously a difference maker, and when you're like you said, when when uh, when when that difference maker's limited, it 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 hurts your offense. And but there's too many other playmakers around our offense to be limited to just one running back. Um, you know, and, and for me, what it really just because I don't know the ins and the outs of what we do exactly schematically, but you know, we have to find a way to to protect better. We've got to find a way to run the football, even when our, our bell cow is not in, um, you know, just looking at some of these comments that are coming in, you know, they're right. Missouri just controlled the line of scrimmage. and It's hard. And when you do that, you, you've got to throw quick, quick passes. And Missouri's secondary really was playing on their toes tonight versus on their heels. I don't think that they were ever threatened with anything over their head. And, uh, you know, eventually you've got to try, attempt, make the attempt to take the top off, just to loosen them up a bit. Um, I thought we did that on the drive that we scored in the half. Um, you know, we we pushed the ball, got a couple penalties that maybe shouldn't have been, but when you throw in those one on one shots, you know, more times than not, you are going to uh, you are going to get you are going to get some good calls. But um, after that, we just we could not get out of our own way. Um, I, I would have, I would have liked to have seen some more of that vertical pass game, um, but then again, you know, I, I don't exactly know if if we had game plan for things like that. But uh, when your best player is out, limited, and uh, you don't block very well, I don't care who you play, Missouri. There, I'll tell you, Missouri's coming on strong. But I'll tell you too now, um, not to look ahead or to to here comes the doom and gloom type of deal, but. You know Vanderbilt can play some good defense too. Now Vanderbilt was in a dogfight with Missouri too, so we've got to make we've got to figure it out quickly um, if we want to go up and win a ball game next week because that's that's a pivotal game when you start looking at the back half of the season uh, with Tennessee and Clemson and Florida played Georgia pretty good today. Um, You know next week is a is a huge huge game
0: for us. So Barry, I'm going to go back to some of the questions that people have been sending on in. Taylor mentioned, you know, now can we please start talking about actually firing sack? Can we call, you know, can't be calling screens 9% of the time. I want to look at that second part of that question, Perry, especially we'll talk about yeah. look, I know a lot of people want to talk about SAT. We're not going to dodge that yeah. all again, but there's other things that we want to mention first before we get to that. Okay? Yep. Um, you mentioned some of the things from an offensive standpoint that weren't working. Uh, you mentioned some of the push, not being able to to get things going from a running standpoint, and then not having Lloyd. And as you know, yeah. screen game, swing passes, that's all an extension of the run game. Yep. I mean, I, I understand sometimes, you know, third down, and it's like I'm making this up. I, well, I'm making it up. I think there was a scenario. It was third and 12 or, you know, third and 16, whatever the case may be, and they're doing screen passes. Whether it be that situation um, in particular or just in a broader sense, <laughs> A lot of the screens tonight can you make sense of that for for some people that probably watched that tonight and they wanted to get their head and put it through a wall
1: yeah well i think what it it stems from is it stems from the fact that we we haven't been able to protect so we've got to get the ball out of our hands quick and then on the flip side it also goes to what i said with missouri secondary playing on their toes well screens you 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 have to invite the defensive line in which we did which is great because they were pinning their ears back and coming but if we're not blocking well on the perimeter and the guys in the secondary are coming downhill quickly um, throwing those tunnel screens and throwing those quick now routes if you'll call it that um, they don't work because there's no separation and that you've got to be able to attempt to push the ball vertically down the field to loosen them up get those guys playing on their heels to then spit the ball out to throw the quick screen. I, I, I throw screens all the time with, with, in our offense. We you, they're great plays, but mm. you've got to attempt whether you hit them or not, you've got to attempt to throw the ball vertically um, to help in the screen game. And I know you're like, well, if you can't block, you can't do it. You can still slide protect and do different things to make sure that you can at least get the pass off to give your guys an opportunity to make a one-on-one catch.
0: What do you, what would you have to say about the pro style offense? I know Pete's asking that. And I know some people look, I have said this before. I said this going back to the bye week. I said this, you know, this past week. I, I do feel like at some point, and i and I've look, I've said at times that certainly there's a lot of flaws with the offense. I do feel like at times, especially in the second half, whether it be against AM, whether it be against Kentucky, you start to see why Sats calling certain plays. And then there's sometimes you look at it and then just like any offensive coordinator, you know, whether it be a media member or a fan, or just someone watching the game, you're like, what the hell are they doing? Just, just, and that yeah. happens every week. I bring that up though, Perry, because you know, yeah. kind of like a relationship, sometimes you could be dating a girl who is just absolutely incredible. She's an awesome girl. And then over a period of time, you just realize it's just not working. I, I bring that up because I do feel like there are certain things that Sat's trying to do and you can see why he's doing it. It's just not working. Um, from a pro style offense, do you feel yeah. like that is the best fit for this team? And if it's not the best fit, do you think it can still be successful? Because look, the reality is, is this: I know there's some people that want to get they want to see a change at offensive coordinator. Maybe yeah. you don't agree with me, Perry, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. They just had a four game winning streak. Okay, yeah. you want to talk about that stuff? Most likely, that's happening at the end of the year. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man. And and to answer everybody's questions, because I've heard that pro like pro style thing doesn't work. I I I disagree. I don't think that it's necessarily a style of offense. It's uh, it's kind of like you know, like they told me in sales school, it's like the product that you sell people in the past or people currently they sell that product a lot mm-hmm. right it it you're still selling the same product right so for instance uh he, i mean steve sarkeesian at texas is running a pro style offense right it's not the style of offense right it, it's the there's so many other factors into it it's the execution of the players, the quality of players, the timing of the calls, and then ultimately, how do you get all that to mesh together to run an offense in co- as a cohesive unit to you know to move the football against a defense who is scheming to help stop what you're trying to accomplish? Like I mean you turn on the Kentucky-Tennessee game, right? Kentucky's a little bit more spread the sp- or, uh, Tennessee's a bit more spread the field and rip down the field. Um, but you know, you look at offenses like Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, you know, they're pro style, they formation people a lot. They do a lot of smoke and mirrors, but at the end of the day, the plays are still the same, same plays. Um, Mm. you know, we, we've got to, uh, we've got to find a way to, we've got to find a way to, uh, to execute better from a personnel standpoint. Then also, you know, you take into consideration, obviously some of those plays you'd probably like to have back. So, um, we'll, we'll. Yeah, I hope that we can get it resolved. Obviously, we did some really good things over the last couple of weeks, so hopefully we uh, we can get get it turned around here for the Vanderbilt game. And listen, you know, I see these comments coming in. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about our players nor the the, uh, the coordinator. So if you're looking for me to do that, then uh, probably sh- you, you might not want to listen to the show.
0: And again, I've said this before: the offensive line has not been the issue this year. They had a they had a bad night. They had a yeah. really bad night. It was it was it was ugly. Okay. I'll say it. I'll say it for and Perry's Perry has said it. He's just not gonna be, you know, saying this player, that player. You don't have to. You can just see it just as a unit. The offensive line had a bad night. The offense as a whole, I mean, there were times yeah. where and Perry, you can cut me off if I'm wrong because it is difficult without knowing what the exact play where it was. But there were times too where I'm sure Rattler missed a uh, a guy coming off the edge. I think we saw that at the beginning of the yeah. game. You know, and that's not defending the offensive line. Like I just said, the offensive line had a bad night, but it was the offense as a whole. We could talk about the play call or we could talk about the play as a whole. They were, they had a bad night, um, yeah. but I bring that up because worst we've had in years. Did you see where the offensive line was a year ago? Did you look at, you know, and again, that's not to say the offensive line, you know, in terms of trying to put it where it's like, okay, we have all Americans across the board. But again, a couple of weeks ago, you have a guy like Wynn, who is named the SEC player of the week. I mean, offensive lineman player of the week. That doesn't happen unless the whole offensive line has a good game. So, again, yep. you know, let's not sit here and say, okay, the offensive line's the worst. And they, no, they had an awful night. But they've been making improvements the last couple of weeks. It was bad at the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. They've made improvements. I just think it's, look, it's one game. Okay. It's one freaking game. I'm not saying that, that you know, Okay, just one game, put it behind them. No, there's a a lot to be concerned about right now deep in the season, no question. But at the same time, too, you're sitting here five and three. You're sitting here year two of a new coach who 23 months ago you were two and five without a head coach. Okay? So just put things into perspective. It's okay to say, hey, look, the offense right now, the play calling, whatever you want to complain about because you have the right to do that, it's okay to say that but let's yeah. keep perspective here. I'm not trying to say that it's getting sunshine and rainbows because it certainly isn't. And we saw that tonight in the field.
1: Yeah, no, we, yeah, you, it's definitely, obviously, you know, w- what's funny and I've learned is uh, even as a player, now as a fan, now as, uh, as a coach, you, you can never get too high with the wins and never too low um, with the losses. And, you know, we, we fluctuate as a fan base, um, like a roller coaster. And, you know, last week was not the was not the week to uh, to get overly excited about the win. Um, mm-hmm. This is not the week to get overly down about the loss. I think that there's still a lot out there for us, and everything that we uh, probably expected from this team is still out there to be accomplished. Um, but w- we have to play better offensively. You know, even even last week we we really didn't statistically put up. Um, what what we're probably capable of, and uh, right now we've got to we've got to get back to the drum board, get back to what we do well, um, and execute better. You know, ultimately, it's at the end of the day, and people may not want to hear this, but it's a just a true as true statement as you ever heard. But it's still a player's game. Um, you know, for and here's a great example. Last night, um, I had a, just a horrific play call in our game. Just set my quarterback to get up to get absolutely blasted rolling out into pressure just a terrible call and the kid made the guy miss took off up in the pocket and hit the guy in the back of the end zone on a scramble play for a touchdown and I just pulled my headset down told Corey Helms our head coach and just said it's just so true man it it it's a player's game and um, at the end of the day the kids got to go out there and make the plays to win and that's not putting all the blame on the kids but Mm-hmm. You know yeah, it is. There, there's there. Uh, the the game, um, is won and lost by the players' execution. Now the coaches obviously play a pivotal role. But yeah, we we've got a. I think that uh, some of the players are there. I just I just think that Missouri had a great plan, uh, and and from an offensive standpoint, we really just uh, we got whipped up front tonight.
0: Again, South Carolina loses to Missouri tonight, snapping their four game winning streak, and falling now to five and three on the year um intern joe is off tonight so we will be taking a majority of our messages um to the comments section apologize for the inconvenience with the phone um but probably saving some people out there because i think we're all going to understand what's going to be said regardless okay look i understand the frustration from the offensive coordinator standpoint and we could sit here all night and talk about okay you know should that be here should that not but I'm not going to sit here and do a lot of hypotheticals because the reality is he's still going to be here. Like I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't imagine waking up, waking up tomorrow or waking up on Monday in South Carolina parts ways with that sat right now. If it does, I'll raise my hand. I'll say I was the first one to be wrong the, with the way the season has gone. Okay. In terms of a team standpoint, it's just not going to happen. If it happens, it would be at the yep. end of the season could happen before the bowl game. If South Carolina is able to get one more win. So, I'm not saying that because I don't want to talk about it. It's there, okay? You saw it tonight. You've seen it throughout the rest of the season. But tonight, especially after everything that you've been able to accomplish this year, 5-2, and ranked, at home, an opportunity to become bowl eligible before the end of October, okay? We know that. We saw it tonight. Instead of sitting there and talking about something that is not going to happen, again, if it does happen before the end of the season, I will put my hand up and say I was dead wrong, Okay. But instead of wasting our time talking about something that very likely is not going to happen, where does South Carolina go from here, Perry? What do they need to do? Because, look, I know – and I'm I'm looking at some of these comments, and I agree with some people. Okay, I agree. There was a a slant play. I think it was, what, second and ten, and then it was a a five-yard slant in the goal line that resulted in a touchdown. All right? I will say this. There has been slants this year. It's just not as prominent because of two things. One, sometimes they're just not making the throws. Two, guys aren't aren't, aren't getting open. That's not saying they're not doing – that they're doing enough of slants. I know, but I'm just bringing up that play in particular, right, because I know slant, slant, slant. Okay, slant aside, what the (laughs) heck does this offense need to do, Perry? Because I know there's a lot of people that are frustrated with the offensive coordinator. Again, it's not going to happen right now. It's just not. So what do they do to work with what they have right now so they can bounce back against Vandy? And then obviously they have to take on Florida in the swamp and just try to do what they can to be able to bounce back after a very disappointing night.
1: So here's what you do. Okay. You take the next 24 hours and you sit there and you, you, you you rot a little bit. You get upset. You get angry. Take a deep breath about, uh, I don't know, maybe tomorrow afternoon about 5 o'clock, um, you start gearing up for uh, for Vanderbilt, and you watch the film on Vanderbilt. And you put in plays that beat what Vanderbilt does defensively. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Monday through Thursday, you're going to rep those plays until the, the guys have it down pat. You're going to make it simple so they can execute and they feel comfortable with the game, um, the game plan ahead. And then you get out there and you cut that thing loose and you let those kids go out and play football. I know that sounds very elementary and sounds kind of like your generic coach's speech. But the, the reality is, is that your players are never going to execute to the level that they're capable of doing unless they feel comfortable running the plays they're called. And they've had success running the plays that are called. Well, where do you develop that success, especially if it's a new play? Well, it starts in practice and you have to rep it 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 and you got to you gotta watch film on it. And you got to make sure that every single play that is called your QB and your offense should have a plan going into each and every single play. And if they don't have a plan, right, they used to tell us all the time, if you failed a plan, you plan to fail. And right now, um, we need to get back to the drum board, circle the wagons and 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 mm-hmm. make sure that we are all working together as a cohesive unit to run the game plan and get ready for the execution that's needed, because th- there isn't, uh, you know, that's great. Let's throw a slant route. OK, you, you make a 15 yard <laughs> catch and they start playing man coverage inside. What the hell are you going to do now? OK, slant routes are done. So it's not a route. It's not a play. It's not even a series of plays because that's great. You had a great series of plays. You got seven points. Right? Great job. How do you replicate that? How do you do it over and over and over and over again? Well, it's through positive repetition, right? It's through running plays that kids are comfortable with doing. And then the other thing too is that I think I've said this before this year is that you can run the same plays out of different formations, right? So it looks completely different to the defense, but from an offensive standpoint, it's um, it's still the same stuff. Whether you're running it out of 12 personnel, 10 personnel, 11 personnel, 21, per- doesn't matter. Power is still power. How can you show them one thing but do something else, right? That Because when you're doing that, your team, your players, your quarterback, offensive line, running backs, they're comfortable with the plays that are called. But from a defensive standpoint, they are uneasy because you line up in a different formation and it looks completely different and then, bam, here you go. Um, but I still am under the impression that it's all about repetition. How many positive reps can you get in a row to have the kids continue to get positive um, you know, positive reps to gain confidence so they can go out and execute on, uh, on the Saturday afternoons, you know. And I know, um, you know, our guys, our, our coaches completely understand that. Um, we just got to go out and execute at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, tonight we didn't do that. And we made it very obvious. And, you know, it, it's easy to um, point the blame at offensive coordinator and quarterback. Um, but there's more to it than, than, than all of all of uh, than the than just those two guys. It's kind of the whole holistic view. So,
0: so looking at some of these comments, and again, if you guys have a question, just a comment, a concern, whatever, you know, submit it. Whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Uh, again, we're having some issues tonight with the phone. Intern Joe is not with us this evening. He's doing all right. He'll be back with us soon. But um, you know, look. Bottom line is this. It's 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 awful. Uh, it was an awful showing tonight. Okay, yeah. but it's one game. It's one game. You still have an opportunity to become both eligible. Um, yeah. Obviously, and and like Perry said, Vandy did a good job against Mizzou. So you certainly yeah. can't look, overlook Vandy. On top of the yeah. fact that it just feels like, and Perry, you remember from your uh, your fifth year at South Carolina, Must James' first game. It just seems like anytime there's a night game in Vandy, those games sometimes come right down to the wire. So you got I Vandy, do. you got Florida, and then obviously you got a very good Tennessee team and a very good Clemson team on top of that. So look, that's what's back. that's what's left on the schedule. Obviously the focus is just going to be on Vandy right now. I will say this though, Perry, looking at some of these comments, um, and we could we could hit on some of these. We don't have to spend a lot of time, Perry. Could just be a quick thought. So we can get, we can get to a lot of these. Um, you can even hear Perry's dog's not happy tonight. That's how upset Perry's dog's watching in the other room. You know, he's upset that he can't call in. Um, why don't we give Doty a chance to play at any point? Did you think that it could have been a good idea to give Doty an opportunity? Yeah,
1: I think maybe I think that, um, I think we're probably in a position of the season where I don't know if it would, um, I don't think it would hurt to give him an opportunity. You know, I, I, uh, I could probably look it up in a minute. Um, but our our stats or, um, you know, Spencer's stats, obviously the quarterback is more than just statistic, the quarterback position. But I don't think that we have gotten the production from that position that maybe we had all anticipated. Um, again, there's a, a trillion reasons as to why that might be. Um. I don't think that you'll see that kind of switch um, barring some crazy play or injury um, Mm -hmm. here in the cup in the next week. I don't know if changing the quarterback position or changing the quarterback is going to make that big of a difference in the offense. And that's not limiting what Luke's capable of. That's more of just the offense as a whole. I, you know, I've and been Perry, reading. Just these, for us um, to be
0: on the same page, and just for us to be on the same page, and I just want to make sure because there's some people that'll be listening, being like, you know, I'm sure some want to see a switch, switch. I'm talking about a switch in the game. I know people hate when you do comparisons to Clemson, but you know, kind of like what we saw, right? DJU Young he was playing pretty pretty well for a period <laughs> of time. I uh, had a couple good games in a row in South. I mean, in, in Clemson needed a spark against Syracuse, and in came Cade, and you know do they win the game because of the quarterback? No, but it gave them that shot. So, you know, I, I don't know if sometime, I and mean, you've been in situations like that where it's not necessarily the quarterback. Sometimes it is, and you yeah. just need a shot, you know?
1: Well, it really depends upon how Luke is practicing and how comfortable mm-hmm. they feel to put him out there. And that's something that we can't answer. Um, the unfortunate reality is we can't answer that. Um. Sorry to change gears on you here. I do have a question. Where was Jaheim Bell? Was he hurt tonight?
0: <laughs> you and a lot of other Gamecock fans would like to know that. And I know earlier in the week, Marcus but Satterfield was he hurt mentioned. Yet? Not to my knowledge. And, and earlier in the week, he mentioned, Satterfield mentioned that, you know, if he could get the ball to him 20 times a game, I mean, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I believe that was the, the, the number that he mentioned, um, then he would. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I I did say this, the beginning of the season, it was evident that they wanted to get him the ball and there were some issues they were working through, whether it be just the rapport with the quarterback and the offensive line and just that timing that we talk about, right. When you step up in the pocket, when you get outside of the pocket Um, and it felt like one of the reasons why they were handing the ball off to bell is because they wanted to get the ball to their playmaker. And what's the easiest way to get the ball to your playmaker? Well, it goes all the way back to youth football, just hand him off, just hand him the frigging ball. So we saw that <laughs> yeah. at the end of the year, right? And then obviously, as the season went on, it's like, all right, we got to find ways to get him the ball out in space. Uh, I, I know it wasn't a lot last week against AM, but we saw him have a couple opportunities with the passes out in the uh, out on the flats down the field. Saw that with Juice Stogner. I felt like they used him a little bit more last week, and they were trying to get him going tonight. But yeah, look, Bell is too talented of a player, and this is and this is the way. Look, I, You would be able to answer this better than me, Barry, because I think a lot of people are looking at this and they're saying, okay, there's a guy named Brock over in Georgia, and he's one of the most talented tight ends in the country. And I'm not trying to compare players, but there's a lot of people that probably think, okay, you see what Brock's doing in Georgia. Why can't Bell do that at South Carolina? When you have a talented guy, right, and I'm sure more so at halftime, but, you know, correct me uh, or, or intervene whenever, uh, whenever you want. If at halftime you're looking at the stat sheet and you realize Bell doesn't have the ball, what's the first thing that you should do? Should be some type of quick pass to him just to get him going. So I, ball, I don't man. know if you can make sense of it because there's a lot of people that want to know why isn't Bell getting the ball? Well, we don't know that. We don't know what that reason is. So instead of trying to answer a question that we don't know, how can they get him the ball? What would you do differently, Perry, based on what you've seen tonight and seen throughout the course of the season?
1: You know, one, one thing that I really like that's a great play for tight ends um, are shallow crossing routes. I think that tight ends can get lost running across the field. Um, linebackers are so keyed on getting into their zone, but watching the eyes of the quarterback that guys running across the field, they can lose eye discipline and spit out into the flat and uh next thing you know the tight ends are just lost and now they're catching and turning up the field and i've seen us do that with with uh with bell before um the other thing too is that you can start him inside and motion him out and get him singled on a linebacker or a safety to get get that uh that matchup that you're looking for i didn't i haven't seen that as much um the other thing too that you can do is you can jet motion that tight end and give him the ball as well, and get him out running on the perimeter. I mean, there's there's numerous ways to do it. And you know, I am not sitting here saying. I mean, they they know how to get him the ball, um, but you know, we, we uh, there had to have been something in practice that that we're just missing. There's no there's no way in heaven that uh, that 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 you you. You don't get him the ball. So I do like the comment about the stash. I had to rock it for uh, the big game last night over at Cardinal Newman. So,
0: yeah. And Paul, and I said this earlier, no, I don't, I don't think the, you got to look like, look, okay. Again, I'm not saying there's offensive line. There's all Americans across the board up front, but you don't get a player of the game or offensive lineman of the game against Kentucky. I think think it was the Kentucky game. Um, If you're not, Having a, a unit that's blocking—that's not to say. T- tonight was awful. The offensive yeah. line struggled tonight. Okay, it's okay to look at the stretch that they've had and say, you know what, the offensive line is doing a pretty good job. I mean, they were—they yeah. were averaging almost 200 yards a game for crying yeah. out loud, or at least north of 175, 180. So again, and and I know some people are going to be like, well, you know, Rattler is under pressure sometimes. You realize a lot of the plays that they've been designing. And again, I can't look at tonight. They played awful. Okay, they played awful. Yeah, this is what happens sometimes. You look at a game tonight, and you instantly feel like that's what it's been like the course of the season. They have been playing much better in the offensive line over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, we've been running been better we've compared running to what we saw last ball. year. Okay, we've been running the ball so well, man, that um, I was floored tonight to see the production in the run game that we did not have tonight. We've just after the Georgia game, everybody ripped Satterfield for for not having an identity and basically he said he wanted to come out and run or either he or coach Beamer or somebody said something about running the ball and they they made it a point of emphasis from Charlotte to South Carolina State to Kentucky to last week we're we're gonna get out there and we're gonna run the football and um tonight we did to an extent but also think that We played from behind the sticks a lot. I think some of the penalties really hurt us too. I'll tell you as as somebody that, you know, is coaching at the high school level, when you get behind the sticks, when I say behind the sticks, anything over than 10 yards to gain, it -hmm. is really, really hard to get a first down. Just because, you know, you're banking on you hitting a big run play or having a big 15-yard completion and, you know those don't happen each and every each and every time you have the football so um it, it's difficult And we consistently found ourselves behind the foot behind the sticks and um you know you saw spencer scrambling a lot and i think that just kind of goes back to what we're saying about um you know we just didn't we didn't uh we didn't protect well we were a little outmatched um for uh I think for, for what our guys brought to the table
0: and bird to fly and everyone else, let it, let, let it loose. I mean, this is, this is, this is your pro team, you know, for a lot of people, this is your pro team. And I say that because obviously with me covering the Patriots up here, I I love it. Okay. I, I hate, I hate that we're sitting here. And this is the reason why we're, we're, you know, we're, we're saying let it rip because when you're high, when you're low, whatever the case may be, let it fly, let it fly. Um, bottom line tonight was South Carolina and it goes back to something I do want to um, bring up and I saw it in the comment section I'm trying to go through it. where was it here? you know talking about did we overlook Missouri due to recent success in previous games I mentioned this going into the season that for the majority of this team they had never they've never dealt with success. And when I say success, it's not the same type of success as Georgia or Alabama. But in recent years, for the majority of the players on that team, you probably have to go back to, and I know it's a game that people don't want to remember, but the Belk Bowl season where they were bowl eligible and they were able to do some things and it was was good. It was good. It was a good, it was a, it was a sense of where things were actually, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like those, those previous couple of years. So then you have last season, right? You have last season. And you're able to get to a bowl game. You're able to win. You get Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal, Austin Stogner, Juice Wells, right? You keep going down the list, Christian Bale-Smith, Bonnie Reed. You're starting to do things now that have a lot of people excited. Well, it comes back on the players now to having to get back to, right, even kill. And being able to have that bye week after that Kentucky win before playing A&M, I I felt I felt like that was the biggest thing in the world because I don't know if they beat AM. I don't. And I think someone else brought it up a little bit earlier. The defense and special teams, 1000 percent I said this even going before I said this before even going into this week's game, Barry, which yeah. was USC easily, easily going into this week's game before tonight's contest, easily could have been three and five because yep. of what your special teams did. Right. You mentioned the AM game. You could talk about even Georgia State. They don't block those two kicks. Mitch Jeter doesn't make two 50-yard field goals, a guy that's kicking his first two field goals of his collegiate career. South Carolina probably doesn't win that game. Now, I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of what ifs and popsicle headaches. and scenario. Bottom line is five and two going into tonight. You had a golden opportunity. Um, and we've seen this in the past, right? You did some good things last week against A&M, okay? It's being able to use that momentum – and to be able to get over that hurdle. I felt like that's something over the last couple years, Perry, during my going back to even 2016. I feel like that's been something that South Carolina has struggled with when they have that momentum, maybe outside of that Outback Bowl season, Hayden's (laughs) last year. They've struggled with being able to carry that momentum into that next game.
1: Man, I'll tell you, even that year, shoot, we we go 2-0. Kentucky, Kentucky, I mean. It's something that we just for whatever reason we can't take the next can't take the next step. I'll tell you though, uh, the positive momentum overall around the program is heading in that direction. Um, and I don't think that the kids or the team was not prepared because you know outside of a couple of the big plays, Missouri, you know really they really didn't do a whole lot offensively. you know we bent a little bit, didn't break you give up 23 points you know we uh you should win that game you should at least be having the ball late in the game to make make a drive to tie it up to take the lead um or whatever and we just didn't do that i don't think that i'm not going to sit here and say we were out coached i don't think i believe that i think that missouri did some good things offensively early to Kind of helped get them that early lead, but defense, defense settled in. Special teams was fine. We just didn't have we didn't have the big play to kind of spark the momentum to get us kind of turning a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say this, though, Perry, right? I, mean, I know we really haven't talked about the defense, and I'm not trying to let them off the hook because, again, they didn't show up to start. They did not show up to start. It was evident. Um, I, I mentioned all week, but especially on Thursday on Gamecock Central's quick slant, that I do weekly, that this was going to be a low-scoring game and give Missouri's offense a lot of credit. They came out flying. They were able to score early. And after getting some things going offensively, that's when South Carolina's defense was able to get back into where they needed to be. Um, I don't know if if, if I'm assuming – that they were able to see something in the tape that gave them some type of advantage because South Carolina made adjustments. They made adjustments and they put themselves in a situation to be able to make it somewhat of a game in the second half. But as we know, the offense wasn't able to get going. Um, I know that there's, again, if you're just joining us right now, South Carolina lost tonight against Missouri. Um, look, There's going to be a lot of people questioning the the play calling, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback. It happens every freaking year, regardless of where you are, when when things are going bad, Um, regardless if it's a four game winning streak and you have the type of showing that you had tonight. And we know that over the last couple of weeks, the defense and special teams has contributed to a lot of the success. There's no question about that. But if you're looking for a play caller to get fired right now, it's just not going to happen. And if it does happen, I'll raise my hand and say I was dead wrong. It's just not going to happen. Barry, going mm-hmm. back to some of these questions, uh, going back to some of these questions here, I, I do want to try to see. I, I know some people, okay, any chance Kitchen play, uh call some plays the next week? I, I don't know what Beamer can do from an offensive standpoint. You've been in situations like this um, where, you know, there's going to be a lot of outside noise sometimes. Yeah. There's really, I wouldn't say nothing going on on the inside, but it's not going to be as loud internally as it is on the outside, right? I'm sure it is getting a little bit louder over there uh, because, again, like we mentioned, the defense, special teams, it has played to a lot of the success that this team has had this season. Yeah, uh, You're not going to change the playbook in the middle of the year. You're not going to get rid of a play caller and say, hey, we're going to bring this guy in and we're going to change. It's just not going to happen. If that were to happen, that would happen before a bowl game. So I say that because whether it be kitchens, whether it just be Beamer, if if you're Beamer right now, what can you do to be able to get a spark under this offense? I'm sure that we all know the coaches meet practically every day and they're trying to figure things out. But after watching what you saw tonight, what would be something that you would, you would do in, in trying to just be able to get this thing going because there's way too many talented guys on offense for this, not to be corrected. Um, Soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it goes back to is, is you you can tell that we've run the football well. Um, you know, me personally, I would I would like to see. Um, you know, I, obviously, we'd all would like to see the offensive line play better. I'd like to see us move the pocket well uh, a little bit more. I think that Rattler does a good job when you move the pocket. You kind of give them closed closed reads in the sense of it's either here or you run get him into the rhythm of the game. Um, I'm a big three-by-one guy. What that means, I like putting three receivers to to one just because a lot of times you get numbers to either run the football or throw quick quick kind of not bubble screens, but bubble routes where you've you've got numbers to get a hat on a hat and maybe get a play. Very similar to what Missouri was doing tonight. Um, I think that we've done a a really good job of that. You know, it's funny. um, I was telling my wife this. Uh, this past week was the first time in years that I've actually went back and watched a South Carolina game, and not to study them, just to watch it and like relive the hype around the stadium and the game and the kickoff return and the whole deal. <clears throat> we ran a lot of similar plays this week as we did last week, and I feel like Missouri just seemed to be ready. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I would, I personally would like to see. Um, a little bit more vertical passing game, not, not just bombs away. Um, and then going back, I really like those crossing routes. I love the drag routes. I think that they get lost um, mm-hmm. coming across the field, sending people deep and then running them underneath. I think it really, really puts people in a bind um, defensively because it's like, Hey, we either got to come down and cover them, leaving the deep ones open. or We got to turn and run to cover the deep ball. And here comes the shallow cross going right underneath it and, uh, and bang and here you go. So. Um, that might be uh, that that might be an opportunity for for us to, to 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 take a shot at. But ultimately, like we've got to run the football. I don't care if if uh, Marshawn Lloyd's out. You know, we've got plenty of other capable backs that um, that should be able to to know what to do and make make plays and um, really do better than what we've done. I'll tell you though, let's not uh, let's not tuck our tails. Missouri Missouri had a great plan. They're really good defensively. And, uh, and then ultimately you've got to get the ball, um, into your playmaker's hands Yep. and, uh, with, with, with space, not just, okay, well here, here's a catch and double coverage. Now you get tackled. Like we got to get Jaheem Bell. We got to get, um, you know, some of these other cats with the ball in space to go and make plays. Uh, number three is obviously great with the ball. Juice Wells is great with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, we didn't see our, our, our cool little, uh, <laughs> option reverse play that we saw versus am and Kentucky, um mm-hmm. with uh with Jalen Brooks um but you know it it, uh, it obviously stings when you you barely crack the 200 yard mark of offense and um you yeah, know 10 plays i just for the life of me man i, I was reading the comments and i was kind of thinking like man did i miss something was was he hurt yeah Jaheim Bell's got to get the football. Um, you know, Brock Bauer, they do a great job at Georgia with him and moving him around to get the football, talking about kind of those tight end jet sweeps where you just flip them the ball. Missouri ran it a ton, but they ran it with their receivers. You can do it with the tight end too. Um, and then when you start hitting those, you can play action pass. You saw Missouri hit a deep play on that where they kind of play action on one of those jet motions and then threw it over the top. Um, those are great plays. I think when you start putting defenses on their heels, um, Play calling becomes a lot easier when you feel like they have absolutely no idea what you're about to do. Um, that That's when you're able to take the next step and step on their neck and and kind of put them away. And uh, we just we couldn't get ahead of the sticks. And that's where I think we fell short tonight.
0: I think the new, um, you know, like the Collins show when it says, you know, we're going to throw the ball to the tight end this year. I think the new thing now is uh, quick slants, quick slants, quick slants. And as Perry said, it's not as simple as just do quick slants. I mean, we saw some quick slants tonight. We saw South Carolina capitalize on a couple of them. One led to a touchdown, I believe, the next play or two plays after when Rattler ran it in right before the half. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, going back, there's some questions talking about, you know, why was McDowell in the game? <laughs> Marshawn Lloyd was banged up tonight. Um, Marshawn Lloyd was banged up. Yep. Juju has been a nice change of pace guy. It has been disappointing not seeing him get out in space as much because I feel like that's when he's most dangerous. I mean, we talk about screens, which I, I know there's a lot of people here that just want to put their head through a wall when I say the word screen. But getting him out into the, um, out into the flats, whether it be swing passes, whether it be screens, um, running off tackle. Not saying yeah. that he's not capable of running in between the tackles, but look, he's a smaller guy. And it's not saying, okay, every time he goes out, there you don't want to run it between the tackles because that becomes kind of what we saw for a long period of time pre-Dukes Mayo Bowl with Joyner, which is anytime he went out there, everyone in the stadium knew it was going to be a run um, in, in some direction. So wanted to bring that up. That's the reason why Um trying to answer some of these questions from earlier. Bemis press conference was only 14 minutes long does it tend to be longer no after the game that's that's about right um I mean shoot some of the pro coaches they're even shorter um I can tell you Belichick the other night that thing was like six minutes seven minutes um but Beamer no Uh, that sounds about right even after a win I mean some there's some wins where Beamer will be in there for over 20 something minutes but I mean and I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet of course since we're on the air right now um but I mean what there's probably not a lot to talk about um one thing that I I, I mean, I'm going based off of what some people are, are commenting on, you know, as to why did why didn't Bell get the ball tonight? You got to figure that out. You got to figure that out. And I'll say this, whether it be Satterfield, whether it be Beamer, whether it be just the, the, the team as a whole. And I know we want to talk about Bell and certainly I, I get that. But this could go for any of your playmakers. You're what? Eight games into the season now. okay? Yep. And this is even win or lose tonight. I would have said this, but especially after tonight, what we saw from the offense, you're too talented of a team and you're too deep into the season, not to figure out what you have to do in order to get them the ball. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I'm not an offensive coordinator. Perry's an OC Perry played the position. Um, that's another good transition into our next question from Ben Perry. You played under center, one of the greatest play callers of all time. in Spurrier, you tell us, would Rattler have played that whole game? No. No. And can you, and Perry, not to get too deep into it.
1: Spurrier was also a different breed when it came to stuff like that. Okay. Um, he didn't, he, he was big time facts over feelings guy. <laughs> um. So yeah, he, he, he wouldn't mind. I mean, you make a bad throw after a pretty decent half and your ass would have been on the bench. So, um, you know, that, that's a different, different animal, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that, the you brought up a good point earlier, Mike, you know, talking about what Clemson had done with their, their freshman quarterback. I think there was a time and a place I just based off of the rhythm and watching the game and where we were at, I don't know if there was a good time to make that switch. Um, especially with somebody you've been rocking with the whole season. Now uh, I, I think they should let the kids compete and practice, you know, looking at some of these statistics again, I want to pull them up. Um, and I know, you know, golly, I hate even doing this. I sound like a generic fan here um, when you start looking at stats, but you know, you're, you're, what are we? So we're five and three, you're eight games through you your, uh, you know, 1400 yards, um, five touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, I think that he does some really, really good things. Ultra, ultra talented kid. Um, I think that he's going to continue to develop to become um, a better quarterback, but yeah, we, um, we've got to find a way to take the next step offensively. I think that we have, we really have, we have gotten better. um I would not I w I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on record with, uh, and I don't mean this in a literal sense. I mean this in more of like a figure of speech. So please don't mm-hmm. mishear me, you know, but, it, I, you know, I wouldn't have a gun to, you know, my foot if, and, and sit here and tell you that we have improved at, uh, from as an offense mm-hmm. dramatically from yeah. week one to now we have, we've gotten better, but I wouldn't say, let me rephrase my, my statement. Not we've, we've improved. I wouldn't say that we've turned the corner. As an yep. offense is what I meant to say. I mean, I think Mike, you could agree with me there, and I think everybody on this call can agree. I think that we've won some games, but you know, I don't think that in those games that we've won, um, from either Kentucky or Texas A&M, that we did anything offensively where I would say like we're turning, we're turning, we're turning a new a leaf here, and mm-hmm. we're t- we're making the next step as a overall program as a whole.
0: Mm -hmm. And I do want to we're going to wrap things up shortly because we're about to hit that hour mark. Uh, I got to get ready to go anchor up in Boston, Um, but I do want to share our sponsors who do a tremendous job for us at Gamecock Central, but especially with GC live Liberty tax taxiety. You don't want it. And it seems like tax season is always right around the corner. Give our friends a call over at Liberty tax 803-462-5576. And they'll be able to take that taxiety away from you. Also today's program is brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond over at the mortgage network. We've told you before. Right. Buying a home right now. It is an absolute zoo and not just right now, but in general. Right. I mean, Perry Orth, he spoke very highly of Clint. That was the guy that he turned to to be able to make that process easier. Give Clint a call and he'll be able to help you out. I do want to bring this up. I'm very hesitant. And I do want to, if we talk about this, we talk, I want a rapid fire because there's about 30 comments, probably not going to be able to get to all of them tonight. Um, so if you're just joining us now, there's probably something that you're bringing up that you want to answer that we answered earlier in the show. If you missed any of this, you can go back onto Gamecock Central's YouTube page. You could also go back on Twitter on Gamecock Central. You can also go to Gamecock Central's um, podcast page on iTunes, and you can be able to listen to this. So wherever you want, if you want to see our ugly mugs, uh, Perry has a better one than mine. So um, that's a compliment there for you, Perry. There you go. Not
1: true, brother. Not true.
0: Um, (laughs) Your wife would agree. Just took her out. Happy birthday, Shannon. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring this up, though. I do want to bring this up. Again, I'm very hesitant to share things that um, parents, siblings say on social media, but I, I feel like it's worth bringing up. Uh, just a little while ago, Dolores Bell, mother of Jaheim Bell. couple uh, quote tweets. Uh, one was saying, you know, is Jaheim Bell still on still on our team? Dolores responded back, asking for myself. Another tweet. Beamer, Jaheim Bell's health uh, is healthy, and we have to get him the ball more. Zero touches tonight. Many times he wasn't on the field. Dolores, same story, different week. I'm bringing this up because, again, I don't think it's right. And Dolores is an awesome lady. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal person. Okay. I do. I do. I'm bringing that up because not saying that that's not how Jaheem feels, but let's keep things into perspective too. Family members, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, whatever the case may be. Okay. Just because they're saying that, that should not all be put on Jaheem. Okay. And I think Dolores would tell you the same too. That's what's going to happen. That's going to happen with this because someone's family member said something, Jaheim, people are going to feel like Jaheim has to answer that. And I don't know if that will be asked directly in a press conference, but there's going to be a lot of tweets and this and that tweeting at Jaheim or this and that. Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. I would say the same thing professionally with dealing professional athletes. I have to deal with it up here. Family members has nothing to do with that. Okay. Now, is that to say that Jaheim's not feeling that way? I'm sure there's some truth in that. But yeah, again, yeah. don't look at something what a family member is saying, even though Dolores is an amazing lady. Okay. She's awesome. She wants the best for her baby. She wants yeah, to you... go out there and have probably what 15 catches, three, 200 yards receiving each night, a couple touchdowns. Okay. But I felt the need to bring that up because I just have a feeling that tweet, those tweets are going to get a lot of traction over the next 24 to 36 hours.
1: Yeah, they will. Um, you know, it's in football is an emotional game. It's an emotional sport. This area of the country um, is extremely emotional. Um, It's uh, you know, you, you, you got to kind of let the dust settle, give it, you know, give it 24 hours. When you ask, you know, when you answer the question, you know, you can easily say, you know, parents are heated. They believe in me and they want me to you know get more touches as, as our coaches do, just wasn't in the deck of cards this week. And um, you know, I'll tell you too, uh, it, it happens all the time. Some games, your best players are going to get the ball a bajillion times, right? Ten to fifteen times. Other games, not as much. Now, to to have zero targets, zero catches, zero anything—that that is puzzling. It just leads me to believe that there was an issue this week, um, whether it be um, injury or. Uh, whether it be uh, behavioral, I don't know, uh, yep. but they, uh, I hope that uh, it's addressed because the last thing you want to be made out um, as a coach is not smart. So wrong team,
0: wrong yeah. team. By the way, Alex, uh, but I'm sure Perry appreciates that.
1: Wrong, wrong team. But shout out to the AC Flora Falcons for a great season. I'm at Cardinal Newman now, uh, trying to help. <laughs> trying to help rebuild a program we did finish. We, we won last night. We're five and five. Um, we, uh, we have now um, officially scored more points, um, this season than they have in their last three years combined. Um, so we're doing some really good things, um, over there and, uh, and, and trying to win the first playoff game Friday night at Cardinal Newman for the first time in four years and, uh, potentially tie their best record ever, um, with, uh, with a couple playoff wins. So y'all keep us in your prayers and follow Cardinal, Cardinal Newman football if you get a chance.
0: Uh, Perry, just any closing thoughts on uh, the South Carolina team? I know we spent a lot of time on the offense tonight, and it's, it's hard not to. And again, if you're just joining us, that's not to say that the defense was flawless by any means. We saw what happened in the first half. We saw how ugly that was. They came out, and they were sleepwalking. But at the same time, too, they could have felt bad for themselves going into halftime, but that wasn't the case. They came out. They gave this team an opportunity to win the game. They held Mizzou to just six points in the second half. Give credit um, to the stand that they had on a sudden change, which was that turnover by Rattler. Yeah, They were fortunate to not give any points away when Mizzou's kicker missed that, but then give credit to Mizzou's kicker making that 50-yard uh, kick later on. But just any closing, closing remarks before we uh, end things tonight, Perry?
1: Everybody get a glass of water, take a deep breath, it's going to be okay. I can assure you Coach Beamer is doing a phenomenal job building the program. Allow him to get um, some, of the, some of the ducks in a row. Um, this is a great humbling and a great learning experience as a player and a coach. You always learn a heck of a lot more in a loss than you do in a win. And um, I fully, fully anticipate South Carolina to come out uh, with their piss hot, ready to win a big ball game um, against Vanderbilt because, you know, they're going to need to. But, uh, you know, let's wait to hear from what the coaches have to say in their weekly pressers and uh, what the kids have to say um, to kind of get a better grip from a fan standpoint. Um, and then uh, and then you just, you know, you readjust. We're fans. We're here to support the guys. We show up to the game, sell out, and uh, continue to push because we're we're going in the right direction.
0: I'll say this, though, too, about the defense and, you know, um, Danny brings this up. It's a good point. Defense was on the field a lot in the first half. Again, not trying to make excuses. Okay, as a team, it's a a team game. Okay, you win, you lose. It's that simple Uh, for the defense, though. They certainly weren't (laughs) getting any help from the offense, having to go out there so much. I think it was. Shoot, at one point, I think it was about, what, 20 to. 20 to six, uh, before that four minute drive, right before the half that Mizzou had from a time of possession standpoint, as as much as having the ball. So I bring that up just because you can't have that. You can't have that. It go. It's, it's two things, Perry, right? It's two things. One, the obvious, which is the offense isn't staying on the field long enough to give their defense a rest. And then from a defensive standpoint, even though again, it doesn't help when your offense is just going out there three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, they, they weren't able to get stops when they needed to. So yep. it didn't help. There is one thing I'm trying to find. That's why I'm trying to stay on just an extra minute. Um, yeah. So, and here's the tweet. Here's the tweet that I've been looking for. Um, and again, it's uh you put context clues together um someone tweeted out time to move on now i don't know that's coach ryan bell at columbia high school i don't know who they're talking about directly so i'm not going to sit here and imply okay it's that person this person uh dolores bell quote tweeting at saying hashtag definitely so bottom line is this again I, I think Mrs Bell is a uh, Miss Bell um, is a great lady, and I, I, the reason I brought all this up though is because it's going to be something that will be discussed, um, and this is something that just is an added thing to it. You know, why isn't Jaheem getting the ball? Why aren't some of these other players getting the ball? Um, it's going to be something that's going to be asked tomorrow. Shane Beamer will have his weekly teleconference, but again, I, I don't like I don't like sharing stuff by siblings or parents or uh Chandler saying uh Jahim's uncle according to his later tweet okay i'll take you for 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 what it's worth for chandler um or you guys can take that for what it's worth um bottom line it's not a good look um and it uh it's something that south carolina is going to have to address but i think the bottom line is this again i'm bringing that up just because <laughs> Sure, there's some truth in there as to how Jaheim feels, but don't make an assumption saying, like, that's exactly how they feel, okay? Um, I just don't think that's fair for Jaheim, and I'm sure his mother would say the same thing. But unfortunately, those are the can of worms that will happen. It happens every year. But I wanted just to bring that up just because it's something that's going to get discussed, um, and it's out there. And I just hope to God that people don't tweet at Jaheim and, you know, just, just let him be. Let them be again. South Carolina loses tonight to Missouri. They fall to five and three on the air. They'll be in Nashville next week, next week to take on Vandy with an opportunity to become bowl eligible. So look, disappointing loss tonight, as we've said before, regardless if you like the play calling or the play caller, or even the quarterback. Okay. I don't think anything's going to really change from an offensive standpoint right now. Okay. Buckle down. Like Perry said, you go back, you try to simplify some things this week. You try to run a couple plays and you make those plays that you're running. You run those so well that when you go into the game, you're feeling damn good about it. And we're going to have to wait and see what South Carolina is going to be able to do under the lights in Nashville next week. Perry, appreciate you hopping on tonight. Um, And we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see how things go. I know it's going to be a crazy next 24, 36 hours with some of the tweets from tonight. But uh, again, just bringing that up because it's hard to overlook that because it's going to be something that is going to be discussed, but it shouldn't be something that everyone should put their attention to. I'm bringing it up because I don't think people need it's going to be made a lot. I just want to make people aware that should not be a true representation of how Jaheen feels. If Jaheen feels like something, wait until he says something. Okay, that's all I want to say. That's right. Went on a little rant there.
1: You did. I like it, though. Needed to be said. Go get right. yep. to
0: everybody! We're going to do it and hopefully and hopefully Marshawn Lloyd and everyone else that's banged up will be able to get healthy. Everyone have a good night. Uh, be safe. And we'll do it again on Tuesday night for Talking Tuesday. Anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine
1: talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now.
0: Identify a problem.
1: Creating an audio ad is time consuming